your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Over edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast and the Locked On New York Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And for the listeners on the New York Rangers feed, let me introduce myself. My name is Armando Velez from PantherParkway.com. You can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. And thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And if you're on the New York Rangers feed, thank you for making Lockdown New York Rangers your first listen of the day. And here joining me on this crossover edition of the show, he is from Lockdown New York Rangers, John Chick. John, how are you, man? Well, um, I was kind of nervous a couple of minutes ago because obviously that got a lot more interesting than I think most Ranger fans wanted it to get. But I am feeling good because the bottom line, However they did it, the Rangers still came away with a victory over a team that was 10-0-1 coming in, and they snapped a three-game losing streak in the process. So a much-needed win. I don't even want to think about where things would be right now if they had lost that game, but uh, hanging on for, like I said, a a tough win against a very, very good Panthers team. Yeah, and I was seeing how um, that the Rangers were coming off a West Coast trip after... uh, blowing that lead against um, Edmonton on Friday, which I said on, I said on the show yesterday, I, I had, I had that game on sleep timer on, and I just, just laying down. It was four, two Rangers. And then I wake up the next day and I see that Edmonton wins. And then I see Connor McDavid's goal the next day. So I missed that amazing goal by uh, McDavid. And, oh, I can't, I can't imagine from your end, if you staying up watching that live and then, the very next day going to Calgary and then uh, losing six, nothing. Yeah, certainly a tough two game stretch there. I mean, two total gut punch losses for two completely different reasons. You know, you're leading four one in Edmonton with your backup goalie playing never nonetheless, and you're feeling really good about your chances. And then Connor McDavid went all Connor McDavid on the Rangers. And, you know, you get to three on three overtime, especially against a team like the Oilers. It's a complete crapshoot. And then, um, you know, against the Flames, I mean, they certainly looked like a team that was playing the second game of a back-to-back, but that's still no excuse. I mean, that just was not a good game for the Rangers and uh, just kind of uh, added to the drama tonight because, like we were just talking about, I mean, the Rangers really needed a win here. And, um, you know, Armando, for the, for the Panthers, I mean, 10-0-1 to start the season. How surprising was it for you to see this team not razor-sharp tonight? Because, I mean, that's kind of been the norm. They go out and they just take care of business. It's a tremendously hard-working team. Uh, was it just strange to see them not win at the end? I mean, given how good they've been? It, it, it was, it was, but even the greatest teams have uh, hiccups here and there in, in the season. And um, th- th- this team has not, despite being 10-0-1 before tonight, they were dealing with a lot of injuries. And they're, they're, they just, Alexander Barkov missed the game before today. Not that injuries was an excuse for this loss. The the Florida Panthers just played sloppy overall. And a lot of it had to do with uh, just turnovers and just not picking up players, which we'll discuss a little bit later on in the show. And, I, and going into this game, 
I thought that Igor Shosturkin was going to play even before the news came out that he was the first on the ice because I saw that the Rangers were having four days off after tonight's game. So I'm like, okay, they're coming off a West Coast trip, even though Shosturkin started against Calgary. Um, I, I was, and I was also looking at Shosturkin's numbers. I was seeing that the New York Rangers, one thing that they had an issue with this season is scoring. They're one of the bottom, at the, near the bottom in, in scoring. Um, per game, I, I saw that they were like 27th in the league. And I was like, okay, with how Sturkin has played a 930 save percentage going into this game, I was expecting a low scoring game. And I would think I thought about it as, okay, I know there's like shoulda, coulda, would have, but if there were less of turnovers and less of just more of head on a swivel, and that the head on a swivel really came to effect in on Adam Fox's uh goal. If, this could have been around two one towards um, the end of the end of the game, and maybe a, maybe a goal at the end could have. This could have been maybe an overtime low scoring game for these two teams with how Sturkin has played, and the 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 lack of quality chance. Well, not the lack of quality chances. They had plenty of chances, but just their inability to challenge Sturkin and. I think a Vesna trophy is in this guy's future. This guy is great. The New York Rangers have set the record for biggest contract for a goalie coming out of their ELC. And you're, you're, I want to give the floor to you, your thoughts on Igor Shosturkin tonight. Yeah. I mean, for starters, I mean, you mentioned the contract and I know that, you know, a couple eyebrows went up when that extension was announced. And to your point, Armando, the uh, biggest contract given to any goalie coming out of his ELC but to me, you're probably going to end up saving yourself money in the long term because he obviously gets a nice raise. It's going to be very, very difficult for him to turn that down. If you wait like the Rangers did with Henrik Lundqvist back in the day, then you're probably going to end up uh, having to pay more in the long term. But Igor's just been fantastic, man. I mean, what you saw tonight is kind of just a microcosm of uh, how the Rangers season has gone thus far. I think for sure. I mean, they don't give out Vesna trophies in, uh, in November here, but if they did, he'd certainly be in the running. And, you know, it's just been a privilege to just watch him get better and better with every passing season here. He has really kind of rewarded their faith. The organization was really high on him long before he ever made his NHL debut. And uh, he is the biggest reason why the Rangers are where they are right now. You know, they are obviously, they're very much a work in progress. I think, obviously, Armando, you probably saw some evidence of that tonight. But I don't even want to think for a second about, you know, what this team's record would be right now, if not for Igor Shesterkin. I mean, he's been fantastic, and he's been the main reason why the Rangers have won most of the games that they've won so far this season. And to kind of um, stay on the topic of goalies right here, there was something I wanted to ask you about as well. Uh, Spencer Knight has obviously had a really nice season for you guys so far this year. And Sergei Bobrovsky has actually bounced back pretty nicely as well. So I suppose in some ways, a little bit of a good problem to have there. You got two goalies both playing very well. Um, has Sergei Bobrovsky, you know, kind of won your confidence back? Has he won the confidence of Panther fans back? Or is Knight still the preferred guy? I mean, just kind of give me a feel for, for what that dynamic is like right now. I, I mean, Sergey Borowski hasn't played since the first period of their game against Washington. He's had an upper body injury, and he and Spencer Knight has now played the last 10 periods consecutively. And it's now, you're, you're now starting to see that Spencer Knight is a young goalie in this, in this league at 20 years old. And there's still much development for Spencer Knight. Even though, crazy to think, tonight was Spencer Knight's first ever regulation loss. And yeah. the, only, the only two losses on the season for the Florida Panthers were 
a shootout loss last Saturday against the Boston Bruins, which Spencer Knight started, and then tonight's game against New York Rangers. And Bobrovsky skated uh, this morning in morning skate, but wasn't good enough to, wasn't healthy enough to be the backup. But assuming that because he skated t- today that he's likely going to get the start tomorrow against the New Jersey Devils. So there's confidence there. But as far as like the confidence in his play, um, I, I got to see a few more weeks of that, honestly, to say this is the $10 million goalie that Sergei Bobrovsky was originally signed to back in the summer of 2019. I think the motivation that um, Spencer Knight, w- with Spencer Knight uh, being the last goalie standing last year in the playoffs, he, he went 4-0-0 last year in the regular season. Uh, and him becoming a dad um, as well had a lot to do with uh, the newfound motivation for Sergey Bobrovsky deleting social media as well. So despite not playing the last 10 periods of hockey, um, the, uh, the, for Sergey Bobrovsky, it looks like he's on his way. I, I will say that. And he's in, he's in, he's in year three of, uh, of seven of that contract. So let, let's see if uh, there's still a long way to go. They're not even halfway through it. So, right. So let, let's see if this, this can continue. He is in his, uh, he is almost in his mid thirties. So you don't know how that you, you don't know how a progression or regression is going to be for Bobrovsky. Yeah. I suppose this is the classic case of, uh, you know, a step in the right direction to start the season here. You know, maybe you're not completely sold yet, but you gotta be feeling at least a little bit better. Um, and, uh, you know, something else I wanted to talk about, I know we're going to dive into the numbers in a minute here, Armando, but at the end of that game, obviously it's complete chaos. The Panthers have just scored twice. Four to one becomes four to three very fast. There's 40 seconds left. And the Rangers actually took a penalty uh, as the clock was running out, maybe about like 20 or so seconds left. And it's funny because as I'm watching this, like, obviously I want the Rangers to get the puck because, you know, it nullifies the scoring opportunity. You get a play stoppage, you get a chance to regroup. But at the same time, I kind of don't want them to touch the puck because if that happens, now it's six on four instead of six on five. Um, as a Panther fan watching that, I mean, are you thinking give up the puck and get the six on four or are you just telling them to press on? I mean, because I was very conflicted in those final few frantic seconds there of the game. I was conflicted too, I'm not going to lie, because um, yeah. you, don't know, you don't know if the Florida Panthers are going to win the faceoff uh, after, after, after all of that coming in and the Rangers could easily clear and then hit an empty net goal. Um, we're, this, is, this is something that's a little strange with the Florida Panthers, despite being now 10-1-1. They're near the bottom of the league in face-off percentage. They're one, they're one, and, a lot of, and I agree with the analytics people when they, when they say that face-offs aren't the most important stat when it comes to hockey. The, the possession numbers for the Florida Panthers are there. <laughs> for sure um and they know how to attack despite uh despite not being the best in the in the circle and of course Joe Thornton's out Nolachari hasn't played at all this season yet and the if now thinking about it I I'm, I think it was best that the New York Rangers didn't um touch the puck but there was a little bit of a slow movement there towards the end and it was just uh it was just, um, regardless of all that, it was a too little, too late for the Florida Panthers. With that, um, you you you're down four nothing, and of course, they've come back before from four nothing, especially two years ago, twice 
uh, once against Ottawa, the other one against uh, Anaheim. And, but we Florida Panthers are familiar with coming back from four nothing, but it, it's the chances of that aren't high. And right, right. When they and it, the thing is, they scored very quick <laughs> in into the third period, and I'm just like, okay, four one. Mm, not getting my hopes up. Not getting my hopes up. And even even four three. Four three was starting to is like oh no. You had <laughs> to be getting excited happened. at least a this, little bit. I mean, this had on, to. Man. It's like <laughs> I was thinking, no way. I was thinking no way. But even even with four three as the final score and seeing how they could turn it on even in the final minutes, um, one loss is not the end of the world. It, it's right. it's really not for the for this team. And they saw they 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 know how good they are, and hopefully it continues uh, for sure. Uh, when they face off against New Jersey Devils tomorrow. Yeah, I think if I'm a Panther fan, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, I think the biggest takeaway and the biggest positive from this game is probably that, I mean, you just saw who this team is. You know, it's a team that is clearly not going to give up, not going to throw in the towel. I mean, they're down 4 nothing. They're 10-0-1 to start the season. It's been very, very easy to just say, well, you know what, tonight's not our night, you know, whatever, we'll get the Devils. Uh, but no, you know, they, they came storming back and uh, ended up making a game out of it. So, uh, you know, props to them for that. I'd be really surprised if. Uh, the Panthers aren't, you know, one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference when it's all said and done here. Absolutely, and it's 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 gonna be it. This has been already a fun season, and I'm 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 definitely looking forward to it more. So we're going to transition over to the next segment where we're gonna go by the numbers uh, on this four to three win by the New York Rangers over the Florida Panthers. So keep it right here on Locked On Panthers and Locked On Rangers. Does this sound familiar? You got one device that lets you catch all the games live. Another that lets you stream your favorite shows? You're watching sports highlights on your phone and you got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff? Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible devices required. Content varies by package. All right, welcome back to this edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast and the Lockdown New York Rangers podcast i'm here with john chick i'm armando velez for those on the new york rangers feed so special teams john uh early on uh chris Kreider. uh when i was previewing this game i was seeing how chris Kreider was uh nobody was even close to like the amount of goals uh for uh the new york rangers um he has five four more now five i believe more than any other uh player the the Florida Panthers, despite outshooting uh, the New York Rangers, forty five to eight on goal and attempted shots ninety one to thirty seven uh, for for this one. Chris Kreider um, gets one early with special teams, and the Florida Panthers just don't pick up Adam Fox. Your thoughts on uh, the special teams for the New York Rangers early on? Yeah, so, I mean, the Ranger power play has not exactly been a strength in the early goings. Um, they've just kind of scuffled, and um, I don't know if the second power play unit has a single goal all season. Now, granted, they're not out there for nearly as long as the top power play unit, but even so, I mean, what are we, like 12 games in now? I mean, 
you'd think they'd have at least one by now. But, you know, that power play goal scored by Kreider there, that's basically almost like a replay of every power play goal that the Rangers have scored this season because I think that was Kreider's eighth goal, I want to say, of the season, and six of them have come on the power play, if I'm not mistaken. I can't be off by more than one either way. Um, But all of them are a result of him crashing the net, and on most of them, he deflects the puck into the net. You know, somebody will take a shot, he'll knock it home. That one was a little bit different because it was on a rebound and he buried it. But Kreider, I mean, man, he is really establishing himself as one of the best net front presences in this entire league. I mean, he's been outstanding, and so that was obviously huge. I was joking on Twitter, but only half joking. I think if it wasn't for Chris Kreider, uh, the Rangers would be about two for 60 on the power play so far this season, which is just unreal. When you think about all the talent that they have, that that's about where they would be at. So that was awesome. Uh, the penalty kill has been a little bit up and down. They had a recent stretch not too long ago where they allowed four straight power play goals by their opponents. Two of them were against the Oilers. Um, so that obviously kind of skewed their success rate a little bit. You know how it is early in the season, you know? If you go through a bad stretch, your percentage is coming down quite a bit. But overall, I do think that will be a strength for this team this season. And hey, look, anytime you can get a goal when you're shorthanded, especially at the end of the period like that, uh, that's awesome. And Adam Fox, as I tweeted out tonight, just a human cheat code, man. I mean, I I know the Panthers kind of lost track of him and left him alone in front of the net there. But I mean, pulling the puck to his backhand, tucking it home like it's nothing. I mean, he's just absolutely fantastic. So uh, yeah, can't say enough about the job that the uh, Rangers special teams units did tonight. And um, I'll ask you the same thing, Armando. I mean, how, how have the Panthers done? I mean, we know about their record, but, you know, Ranger fans may not be familiar with their prowess on the power play, the PK. So I'll let you have the floor, man. How, how have they done so far with that? Uh, they've been, they, they've been, uh, they're, they're mostly known for even strength. They, they're one of the best even uh, strength te- teams in the, in the NA, NHL. And for as far as uh, PK, PK, they're um, toward just, just outside of the top 10 in a PK percentage power plays percentage. It took them a little bit to actually get their first power play goal of the season. Their first one didn't come until uh game number five, I think of the season against uh Tampa Bay uh, where, where they scored. Uh, it was by Brandon Montour that he scored early and they're, they're both just outside the top 10 in power play percentage, but this is a team that's just gonna, if they're going to really beat you, it's, it's mostly even strength that they have been able to, uh, to do and there was a there was a there was a point where um the broadcast said that even strength uh, shots on goal I was, as I was writing my notes throughout the game that they were leading sixteen to two in even strength and there there was a point where the Florida Panthers weren't committing there that that neither the Florida Panthers nor the New York Rangers weren't committing uh that they went a little bit without committing a single penalty and that's when really the shots on goal were starting to uh to mount up for the Florida Panthers. And it's crazy how that works sometimes, uh, even when you're not at the man advantage. And yeah, this is this is a team that is built on even strength uh, for sure. But hey, um, they're still trying to figure it out on the on the power play. They they still got a new uh they still got some new fresh faces on the on on the team as well as 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 long as as well as their penalty kill too. Um Jonathan Huberto, who's not who's not really known to be on the penalty kill, he's getting more penalty kill minutes. Anton Lindell, who's a rookie, um, is sometimes on the top unit on the penalty kill alongside Barkoff, and they're trusting a 20-year-old on, on it. And it's, it is, it's great to see the trust that Anton Lindell uh, has with this coaching staff. Just the other day against Carolina, where they scored three power play goals against them, Anton Lindell was the second leading forward in minutes behind Huberdeau with Barkoff out, and he was playing both the penalty kill 
and the power play in in place of Barkov. So th- this guy Anton Lindell, he's just growing before our very eyes, and it's great to see. Um, power power play is not a concern uh, right now. Right now for this team, be- based on how they're able to play, um, even strength, uh, just how their speed kills a lot of teams, especially Anthony Duclair. Anthony Duclair has just been former New York Ranger. Anthony yep. Duclair. Yep. I was going to uh, ask you about him. Yeah. 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 So he, he leads the team in goals and just his ability to use his speed to just get past people to, to get it past the net is just been great. And another, another player on the opposition for the New York Rangers, Keandre Miller, man, that coast to coast play using his speed. Weaker doesn't give up a lot of, uh, a lot of those coast to coast plays, but that wasn't uh, Mackenzie Wigger's uh, best moment there. And Spencer Knight wasn't his best moment neither. That that was really, um, that was really, that was the killer for the, for this team. Keandre Miller, just taking it coast to coast. Your thoughts on uh, that goal by Keandre Miller. That was awesome. And I was really happy for him because he's somebody that I think low key has had a really strong sophomore season for the Rangers here. Um, you know, Adam Fox gets all the headlines and rightfully so. I mean, the guy's unbelievable, but, I feel like, you know, if he wasn't around, and I'm glad he is, don't get me wrong, but if he wasn't around, you'd probably see Keandre Miller get a little bit more attention than he does. And granted, you know, that's not the worst position to be in either because Keandre can kind of fly under the radar a little bit. But uh, he certainly wasn't flying under the radar on that play. And I think something that he did there uh, that kind of led to the goal, he almost made uh, the defenseman think that he was at full speed. And then he had like another little gear to get to there. You know, he kind of really hit the Jets toward the end. And I think just kind of surprised the Panthers because it's not so often you see a defenseman just go coast to coast like that and just drive to the net. So uh, just a fantastic goal by Keandre Miller. And uh, I was really happy to see him pot one there because like I said, uh, low key, very solid season for the Rangers uh, thus far here. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy because um, Adam Fox, he's a former uh, second round pick. I believe he started uh, with Calgary. He was part of the Dougie Hamilton trade to um, Carolina first and then like he it's crazy how adam fox has been in different places and then he finds a home he wins a norse trophy and i'm sure uh those teams are definitely uh regretting uh those trades uh with adam fox that's for sure and there's also another goal that was uh disallowed i believe it was uh artemi panarin uh that scored it um and it was uh ryan strome that uh interfered with spencer knight and i thought uh, in lifetime in lifetime i thought i thought it was okay four nothing wasn't meant to be and then that disallowed goal kind of gave the well it was three nothing excuse me at the time the disallowed goal um kind of gave a little bit of a confident not confidence but a little bit of life for the panthers sure yeah but but still the miller goes coast to coast and then ryan strom another turnover for the florida panthers in that one that led to that goal by ryan strom uh your thoughts on that one uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's what Panarin and Strom do, man. I mean, Ryan Strom is somebody that was kind of a journeyman before he came to the Rangers. And granted, he is definitely helped by the fact that he plays with Artemi Panarin. But at the same time, man, you get a chance to play with one of the best players in the world. You got to make it count. And you got to take advantage of it. And that's something that Ryan Strom has done over these past couple of seasons. And I mean, I can't even tell you, you know, how many times I've seen the two of them link up for a goal like that. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh, Strom is an impending unrestricted free agent after the season that could really go either way. Uh, I kind of hope he's still around, you know, granted if it's for the right amount of years and the right dollars and all that good stuff. But um, yeah, no, that, that, that was a great goal and uh, just really nice to see them, you know, clicking and kind of hitting their, their stride here. 
Uh, something that I wanted to ask you about, too. I mean, we don't have to get into the whole Joe Quenville situation. I mean, that's a whole other episode, and obviously that was really ugly. But you have a new coach now, Andrew Burnett, and something that kind of really impresses me about the Panthers right now is the fact that, you know, all that stuff went down. And, and granted, the Florida Panthers had nothing to do with any of that. But to go from a coach and a really awkward, just awful situation and have a new coach and basically not miss a beat. I mean, they've basically just kept going right on the trajectory that they were on. I mean, what does that say about them? And uh, how is your, how would you say that uh, Burnett has done so far uh, with the job here with the Panthers? One thing that I've always said is that even though Coach Quenville is gone, his message is still there. His emotional presence is still there. A, a, a guy might leave the locker room, but it takes a little bit for that message and to, to go away. And the, the assistant coaches soak his teachings like a sponge. And they, Andrew Burnett was on the coaching staff for two and a half years before being promoted to the interim head coach. So he learned a thing or two from uh, Coach Q. Sure, he's never been a head coach at any level. He's been an assistant, uh, and he's been in the front office, but never as the head guy. But it was, it was always going to be someone from within for this Florida Panthers team because just hiring someone from the outside, messing with the chemistry that was already there, it just didn't make sense for this team. And so far, so good. Um, the there's still, there's still a lot of questions about how he manages time on ice, but still, but he's, he's new at this. So I, I'm going to give it a little bit of time before I personally uh, criticize Andrew Burnett for anything related to that. So I, I, I like what I see. This is still a very talented team. And also the expectations haven't changed at all just because Coach Q is gone. The, the 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 way this team is constructed, the way Bill Zito has also structured his contract with with term, is nobody gets more than a four year term unless your name is Alexander Barkov, Jonathan Huberto, or Aaron Ekblad. But Aaron Ekblad's deal's not doesn't expire for another four years. Um, Barkov got extended uh, just before the season, and this off season is when it's the time to talk about an extension for Jonathan Huberto as. Of after next season he'll be a UFA. So other other than those three, nobody's getting a longer term deal. So once those contract expires and how they're structured, if Bill Zito wants to go get more guys to complement uh pieces around Barkov, Huberto, and Ekblad, they're 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 able to do it. And next year is gonna be a little tough because they still have uh the buyout of Keith Yandel on their books. The majority of it does kick in next year, but after next year that's when it's going to become easier for this Florida Panthers team to uh, pay to pay some people and to also uh, get some of those uh, more uh, free agents into the room. Yeah, that makes sense. And I, I think I'm kind of taking a similar wait-and-see approach with your old friend Gerard Gallant there. Obviously, the Rangers mm -hmm. are off to a much better start this season than they have in either of um, you know the last couple of seasons that have gone by here. I mean, you know, you can always nitpick a coach for little things here and there, but I know that one of his big messages to this team when he came in is he wants the Rangers to be one of the hardest, or excuse me, the hardest working team in the NHL. And, you know, I, I do see evidence of that. I mean, the offensive fireworks have not been there for the Rangers thus far this season, but I think the work ethic has. And I think, you know, and granted, you know, Igor Shesterkin has bailed them out of a few, but I do think uh, the effort is there pretty much on a night in and night out basis with the exception of, you know, maybe one or two games, probably the two games against Calgary. Those are probably the only two where, you know, it felt like the Rangers just got run out of the building. But, you know, overall, I think he's done a pretty solid job so far. And 
you know how it is, man. You know, a couple games into the season, everybody's either ready to give him coach of the year or run him right out of town. And, you know, that's just, that's just the nature of the beast sometimes. But, you know, we're getting started, and I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about what I'm seeing so far. And, you know, I'm certainly not going to waver. He was my choice coming into the season, and he's still my choice now. So I'm, I'm glad he's here. And uh, it's nice to see the Rangers off to a much better start this season than they have been in recent seasons. Mm. And the, the, the ethic, the work ethic is something that we talked about over the summer uh, when, when you and I did our crossover. Uh, the, it's, it was there in Florida. He made a Stanley Cup final in Vegas for crying out loud. So mm-hmm. he, he's, not, he's no slouch of a coach, that's for sure. And it, 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 it just might take a while for certain players to get used to like his certain style and what, what he wants to get out of uh, the, the players there. So that 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 and he wasn't he wasn't fired because of performance from the Panthers. He was just fired because of philosophical differences. So that that that's that's what people need to remind themselves of of everything that that came down when it came to his time with the Florida Panthers. So I I, I wish I wish Dragalant nothing but success in New York. And hey, it helps that the New York Rangers are no rival to the Florida Panthers. So it, it's not it's not it, it helps that. Uh, that uh, it's a it's a mutual respect between uh, Florida Panthers fans and uh, New York. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I got to say, man, you know, the Panthers, they're one of my favorite, you know, non-Ranger teams in the NHL. They're a team that I find very likable, very easy to root for, like we've been talking about, very hardworking team. And, you know, something else, Joe Thornton's on the Panthers now. So if there's a situation where, you know, the Rangers are knocked out of the playoffs at some point and the Panthers are still in it, I mean... Everything else being equal, I'm cool with seeing, you know, 43-year-old Joe Thornton winning a cup for the first time, or however old he is. That can't be off by more than a year or two, one way or the other. But, yeah, you know, I, I got nothing against the Panthers. And like I said, I think you got a heck of a team over there, man. Yeah, even though Joe Thornton uh, started his career in Boston, uh, one of your rivals, but I wasn't around uh, for sure uh, watching uh, the uh, Joe Thornton there in Boston for sure. So I don't even remember Boston Joe Thornton. So... <laughs> I barely remember it. I mean, it's ancient history, man. That feels like a lifetime ago, you know? Absolutely. So uh, we'll transition into the third segment. So keep it right here on Locked On Florida Panthers and Locked On New York Rangers. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As always, BattleLine is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From football to basketball, boxing to hockey, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Welcome back to this crossover episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers and the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm Armando Velez here with John Chick of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. So the Florida Panthers just kicked off game one of their four-game road trip. Uh, starting in Madison Square Garden against the uh, New York Rangers. John, I, 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 I've never told this to my, uh, my listeners. Do you know that I've been to New York uh, 12 times in my life? Do you know how many times I've entered Madison Square Garden? 
Um, well, since you're bringing it up, I get the feeling it's either got to be a lot or a little. So I will say you've been to Madison Square Garden once. Zero. Zero. Okay. I've, ne- okay. I've, all, I've only been to, with the exception of two times, I've only been to Madison Square Garden, um, to, uh, excuse me, New York City during the off season. Most of the time I go during the off season. And I switch it up, man. I, I got to go. I, I, yeah. I've only seen snow once as a Floridian. And right. yeah, I, I got to go during the season. That's for sure. Usually I'm down here uh, during the season, but got to got to definitely make a trip up there and definitely got to see the Panthers on the road. And I'm also a Miami Heat fan, so I got to see them play against uh, the Knicks uh, sometime up there one day. So definitely got to got to do a trip there. But um, Florida kicks off um, their first of four. Uh, so. Tomorrow, they face off against the New Jersey Devils on a second game of a back-to-back before going to Pittsburgh. And then, last game of the trip is against the Tampa Bay Lightning, which I will be in the building in person for, for that second of four battles of Florida, which the Florida Panthers were able to get the best of the Tampa Bay Lightning last time by a final score of 4-1. to one. And this is, this is the third longest trip for the Florida Panthers uh, th- this season. so. Lots of, I don't, I don't know if Sidney Crosby's back for the Penguins. I know last time I checked, he's uh, on the COVID list for Pittsburgh. But hey, they they started off uh, really rough against this uh, New York Rangers team. They they the Florida Panthers got a little bit of a gut punch despite making it interesting at the end. How about the New York Rangers? What's up for uh, them coming up uh, in these next few days? Yeah, so I mean, coming into the month of November, I was kind of previewing the month on my show and just kind of looking at everybody they were going to play. And obviously, I knew that this was going to be one of the toughest stretches of the month because, you know, you play three times in four days, which is tough enough to begin with, but you're at Edmonton, at Calgary, and home against Florida. So that's, you know, that's murderer's row right there. But now they get four straight days off, and the schedule becomes considerably easier after that. They're at Columbus on Saturday, home against the Devils on Sunday, both winnable games, you know. I know the Jackets have kind of overachieved thus far, and the Devils are kind of putting the pieces together a little bit, but that could be four points if the Rangers, you know, show up and they, they play their game. And then, you know, not to go on and on about this, but you're home against Montreal at Toronto. That's a tough one. Uh, at Ottawa and home against Buffalo. So there should be a lot of wins there, and it's a, it's a great chance for the Rangers to make some headway. Uh, we know how difficult the Eastern Conference is going to be, Armando. There's just so many good teams, and... um you know, the Rangers really need to take advantage of that portion of their schedule. So, uh, yeah, fingers crossed that they can do it, man. I mean, hopefully, I think I named like seven games there. Hopefully they can win five of them. You know, I, I think I would sign up for that if, if you told me that that could happen. The Metropolitan Division's weird right now. Yeah. Uh, points percentage. Everybody's over 500. Uh, like, you... It barely seems possible. Yeah, and... Right? Yeah. I, I guess the... I haven't seen how the Metropolitan division record is against outside divisions but i'm just going to assume that their record against out um teams outside of their, their division is great that's why all the teams are where they are and the florida panthers have faced four out of the eight teams excuse me five out of the eight teams the only ones that they haven't played yet were new jersey and columbus actually actually so uh, it's crazy. Every, every, so I assume every every team in that division has just beaten up on everyone else, and you lose one game, and that could change so many things in the standings in just one day. How 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 are you feeling about that early on in the season? 
It's absolutely wild, man. And, you know, I am glad that, you know, last season was very unique in that you only play teams in your own division. And of course, it wasn't really the Metro. There was, you know, one or two teams out of the division, you know, because of the realignment and one or two teams into the division. Um, but yeah, man, it's uh, it's the Thunderdome. You know, I did a crossover with Jay Forster of Lockdown Blue Jackets a while back, and that's what he called it. And it couldn't be more accurate. Like you mentioned, I believe every team right now has at least as many wins as regulation losses. I would have to check that to know for sure. But yeah, it's crazy. And I think right now, you know, the way I see it, I've been saying all along, I think the Rangers are kind of a fringe playoff team. I do think they'll eventually squeak in, but it's going to be a photo finish, man. It's coming down to the last game, last two games of the season. And uh, fingers crossed on my end that the Metro ends up sending five teams to the playoffs, which certainly seems possible. I got the standings over here. And uh, yeah, I mean, maybe uh, as far as the the Metro, you get five teams in. And then in your division, maybe it's the Panthers, the Leafs, and the Lightning. and Everybody else misses it. Although I do think the Bruins will probably make a run at it. So who knows, man? I mean, right now it's looking like there's no fewer than probably at least 12 really good teams in the Eastern Conference, or at least solid teams in the Eastern Conference. It's crazy. Yeah, and the for the Atlantic Division, the top three teams, it's kind of not a surprise with Tampa Bay, uh, Toronto, and Florida. And yeah. Detroit, I really like I really like Detroit team. They're really ahead of their uh, rebuild. Uh, Pierre Dorian was a little optimistic on uh, Ottawa's end for sure, saying that the rebuild was over, but not. I think uh, a lot of people think that maybe he was probably the only one who actually believed that. But of course, when you're a general manager for your own team, you're going to have that confidence. And Montreal, man, a lot of turnover for this team in one offseason, which they weren't expected to make the playoffs. But man, what a fall for this team uh, after making it to the Stanley Cup final last year. Yeah, I mean, I know, obviously, you know, Price isn't around right now. And like you said, there has been a lot of turnover to that roster. But, and, and, you know, even last year, you know, they got into the playoffs, but a lot of it was because of the, you know, the division that they played in. And then they surprised a lot of teams in the playoffs. But for a team that makes it all the way to the Stanley Cup finals, you just don't see this coming. I mean, I think a lot of us were probably expecting at least some regression. But, man, they're they're like a bottom five team right now, I think. At least if you go by the record and probably just the eye test as well. That's That's a tough one to figure out. but. It is kind of crazy, and I know it's still early, but seeing, you know, Detroit and, and Buffalo be, you know, somewhat competitive, I guess Buffalo's tailed off a little bit recently. But, yeah, man, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. You know, I, I don't think anything can be ruled out as far as uh, potential playoff teams in the Eastern Conference. There's really not – I keep looking over at my standings board here. There's really not any team that I would look at and say no chance whatsoever. I mean, maybe the Senators, but if you listen to the GM, he thinks they're, the rebuild's over. Uh, who knows, man? It, it's going to be a wild ride for sure. And at this point, anything can change uh, for sure. That, but I'm seeing five Metro teams and three Atlantic teams uh, making it into the playoffs uh, this year. And hey, that means that five eighths of uh, the Metro are in, and definitely a chance for the New York Rangers to be in. So, John, the next time uh, these uh, teams will meet, I believe, is December 29th. If I'm, it's end of December. Yeah, December 29th, the Florida Panthers will be hosting the New York Rangers in their one and only visit to Sunrise, Florida, before the Florida Panthers visit Madison Square Garden again. It's going to be the Florida Panthers' last game before the Olympics slash All Star break, for sure. So that's the last one uh, matchups for these two teams, and of course, an original six team. And of course, like I said before this reporting started, uh, my girlfriend's uh, family is New York Ranger fans. So this is always a game uh, marked on my calendar 
for for sure uh every time every time these teams play so man i'm looking forward to uh not only uh seeing this team grow as uh Gerard Gallant, um former florida panther head coach norse trophy winner adam fox a vesna trophy in his future in igor sesterkin and i'm really looking forward to these two teams uh playing again and not only that but doing uh these crossover episodes with you my man yeah, absolutely, man. You know, you just let me know. I'm I'm happy to do a crossover. We'll do a pre-show. We'll do a post-show. Whatever works uh, on those days where these two teams are playing each other. And uh, yeah, this was a pleasure as always. And uh, definitely looking forward to some more battles between these two teams uh, down the stretch here. Absolutely. And for my listeners, uh, tell them where uh, they could find you and and on the internet. Yeah. So uh, you can find me on Twitter at jchick17, or you can go to the Twitter handle of the podcast itself which is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And uh, how about you, Armando? Where can Ranger fans find you? Ranger fans can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And they can follow the show uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts if they want to hear hear me uh, break down what I still consider the best team in hockey. I would not argue that. We'll, we'll <laughs> see how it shakes out, but I would not argue that despite the result tonight. At this point in time, I'll, I'll still say that. But anyways, thank you so much, John, for doing this. Yeah, thank you, man. We'll, we'll talk soon, I'm sure. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified every single time the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Thank you once again for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. Check out the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. We'll be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. And when you're done listening to this episode of Locked On Panthers, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On NHL. Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NHL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available on all platforms, so make sure to follow the Locked On NHL podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Charm Armando Velez. With John Chick. And you've been listening to Lockdown Florida Panthers Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.